Thank you for listening to this Podcast One Sportsnet production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Seaton, there are things in life that are okay to cheap out on. You know, if you go to the car wash, just get the express wash. Yeah. Just a rinser. Right. And you can tidy it up at home. But speaking of cars, the one thing you should never cheap out on is your battery. I'm no tech, but I can tell you that you don't want to be with a bad battery, especially with winter around the corner, and no one wants to end up with a lifelong. My buddy Mark has a, a car. He was over at my place the other day. Notoriously cheap Mark is Mark, his nickname. Mark's car battery, I'm not kidding, the other day in Vermont, died in my front yard, and I had to jump his car to get him home. Come on, Mark. Get it together. Get it together, Mark. Go to Interstate Battery. That's why you need Interstate Batteries. I'm talking to you, Mark. America's number one replacement battery brand. And the battery auto techs prefer three times more than the other brands. Keep your car prepared for anything, especially with winter. Get a quick battery test today to find out if your battery is going to go bad. And make sure you let your family know to check their batteries, too. Come on, family. Find your closest Interstate Batteries dealer at interstatebatteries.com. You can also check them out at Facebook. Interstate Batteries. They're made for you. They're made for Mark. They're outrageously dependable. Check out your batteries at interstatebatteries.com. That's interstatebatteries.com. Napa know how. Now at Napa, get a free Chase Elliott racing hat with any $25 purchase. Set of brakes? That'll cover it. New battery? Hat worthy. Replacing an air filter? Then adding on wiper blades and headlamps just to break 25 bucks? Chase approved. So get what you need and a free Chase Elliott hat. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know how. Napa know how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores, while supplies last. Offer ends 331 Five-Hour Energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. Broadcasting from the Mercedes Man. Yeah, that was pretty dark. It was. Yeah. 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 This is Dan Patrick. Uh, Tower One on this Tuesday, Dan and the Dan S. Dan Patrick Show. Lot to talk about. Dive into the Astros controversy. LSU's place, all time. Joe Burrow's place, all time. We'll check in with Reggie Miller. Looks like the Lakers are in the mood to make a couple of trades. We'll talk to Reg about that a little later on. Freshly minted Hall of Fame coach Jimmy Johnson, Fox Sports analyst, the former Canes and Cowboys coach, will join us. And Rick Neuheisel, one of the brightest football minds that I know. He was at the national title game. He'll recap what he saw unfold in front of him and America. College football's national title game has been all about Clemson and Alabama the last couple of years, which has been great. But I'm not sure that we'll remember specific championship teams, but I don't think you can say that about this year's LSU team. That national title run feels like a movie. You got a head coach who's a character in the best possible way. You got a quarterback, Joe Burrow, who couldn't win the job at Ohio State and then goes to LSU, finally gives them a legitimate quarterback, and he might have put up the best numbers in the history of the sport at that position. Then you win the title in the Superdome, kind of like a New Orleans fairy tale. And LSU's been here before. They've won championships. You go back to 1958, they had Billy Cannon, the Heisman Trophy winner. They went undefeated. But this year's team, they slayed all the Dragons that uh, they faced in their schedule. Incredible play at quarterback. They beat Alabama. They stepped up every time they needed to. So congrats to LSU. And I would tell you to go celebrate, but I'm sure that the party is well underway in Baton Rouge and uh, elsewhere in Louisiana. 
A lot of fun to watch that. Joe Burrow threw 60 touchdown passes this season. And I started to wonder about this because it was a couple of weeks ago where I said LSU's always had talent, certainly at wide receivers, defensive backs, running backs, but they never really had that great quarterback. Good quarterbacks, but not a great quarterback. Joe Burrow threw 60 touchdown passes. That is one more touchdown pass than LSU had over the four previous seasons combined. Stat of the day, stat of the day, pop, pop, stat of the day, stat of the day. Here comes that what? Stat of the day. And I thought Clemson had a good game plan early. They were trying to confuse him. They did confuse him. They did go up by 10. And then you had a couple of plays. You had a targeting call. You also had a, a fumble by Trevor Lawrence. But, you know, the better team did win. I had a gut feeling that Clemson was going to win. Uh, they weren't the better team, just had a gut feeling. Uh, this one felt like the Texans against the Chiefs, that you build up that lead, but it almost felt like it's a false lead. And you missed opportunities, and you don't score touchdowns, or you, you don't even get a field goal, and you have some punts where you're on their side of the field, and then all of a sudden you knew LSU's coming. At some point, LSU's coming. And then it came, and then you can't stop it. It's a lot like the Kansas City Chiefs, and that was a dominating performance. Jamar Chase can play on my team anytime he wants to. I'll bring him in. If I can't get Joe Burrow, but uh, I better have a high draft pick because Jamar Chase put up 221 yards in the national title game, and that's the most receiving yards in a national title game since 1998. Uh, O.J. Howard of Alabama had the uh, previous record in 2015, but – it was impressive, and LSU rightfully deserves the national title. But more than that, you're going to look at this team as one of the special teams that we've seen in recent college football history. And Joe Burrow as well. Joe Burrow did everything you wanted for a quarterback to do in a big situation, a big game. It's, it's one of the great years that we've seen in college football history. 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com. we got a lot of poll question possibilities here. Here's one for you. If the NFL draft were today and both quarterbacks were eligible to go in, who should go number one? Not who would, but who should go number one? If I said Trevor Lawrence or Joe Burrow, who do you have? Yes, McLevin. I don't understand the difference. What's the difference? What you think should happen and what would happen, meaning like not who you think is a better one, but who you think NFL teams will think is a better one? Well, we look at potential. Lawrence, it feels like there's more potential with him. He's a great quarterback, more potential with him. You might look at Joe Burrow and say, how much better can he get? Whereas Lawrence, it feels like you go, yeah, you know what? He, he develops a little bit more maturity back there. He lets you know the play develop, takes a little more time there. He was rushing things last night, had a costly fumble last night. Burrow is a polished player right now, but he's a, he's a couple of years older than Trevor Lawrence. I'm guessing that people would still take Trevor Lawrence number one overall. Joe Burrow has shown you everything, but but we don't like when it's right in front of you. It's like Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson showed you everything you needed to see in a franchise quarterback. He won on a big stage, uh, great kid, uh, face of a franchise. But Mitchell Trubisky offered potential, and the Bears bid on potential. You know, the Giants with Daniel Jones, the potential. We don't we didn't really see it, but the potential is there. Instead of 
I can see it right in front of me. Yeah, Paul. And the other thing Joe Burrow is doing, he's not staying around too long to be picked apart. He's gone. That's true. He is gone. Yeah. And I picked apart Lawrence a little bit this year because he had a wonderful freshman year, and I, I thought that he would regress, and he did a little bit. He's still a marvelous talent there. But you know what? Last night, you know, you got to see that maybe you know, there's work to be done, and he's got another year to do that. And he's got a great coach, and they're going to be great again next year. I did find it interesting that Nick Saban agreed to work on the broadcast for the Mothership. And I was wondering why would, why would Nick Saban go, let me be there to remind you that I'm not there, but then I'm still involved in the national title game. And I was just wondering how painful is that for Nick Saban to sit there and then talk about the greatness of these other teams that he couldn't beat. And maybe it's a recruiting tool for Nick Saban. Hey, I'll be at the national title game. I'll give you a call at halftime. Whatever it might be, I don't know. And, and I think Nick likes TV. I don't know if he's going to segue into TV, but I think he, he likes that, you know, it, and it's not every week, and he's not traveling with college game day. This is just this is a one and done for him to be involved in, like Urban Meyer. You know, hey, I'll work the national title game if I'm not in it. Then Urban went into, you know, he, he transferred into TV. I don't know if Nick Saban is going to be one of those guys. Urban's doing it every week, but – he doesn't have a job in college, you know, coaching or in the NFL. Nick Saban's still got a great job, and it feels like he's going to continue to do that for a little while. I don't know if I see him going, hey, I'm going to segue into TV when this is all said and done. But I, it, it was just, it kind of struck me when you see him where you go, oh, that's right. He's doing the game, the pregame for the mothership. Yeah, Paul. I, I think it has to be recruiting because, like you said, it's a painful thought to go participate in a game you're not in the pageantry around it. But he and his people must think, you know what, I could be there, my face is there for the two-hour pregame, and the parents are watching, and I'm still the face of college football, so that's why I'm there, which he is still. Yes, John. But unless it's an ego thing or you love TV that much, you're so competitive. I can't imagine. I think of Bill Belichick or anyone else. Why would you want to be anywhere near that place if you didn't get in? You know, I could see some coaches that are driven like him, not even wanting to watch the game on TV, never mind being there in the in the stadium. Why is it the guys who hate the media want to be in the media? Like Bill Parcells, Bob Knight, they, they despise the media, and then they want to be part of the media. And Nick Saban, Nick's got a sort of back-and-forth relationship with the media. But, um, yeah, there was a lot there to kind of process uh, last night. And, and we were talking prior to the show about the targeting call there, where I, I wonder, why can't you just sort of separate, if it's a targeting call, did somebody truly target somebody? Did they use the crown of their helmet? You know, Skalski, who's there, that's their defensive leader, and then you're going to take him out of the game for targeting. Can't there be modification? It doesn't have to be black and white with targeting. Can you just say, that's a penalty? And I don't know if anything changes last night. As I said, I likened it to the Kansas City Chiefs, that LSU offense. Or, or maybe the Chiefs are the LSU offense, depending on how you look at it. It's coming. It's just a matter of how much can you withstand, and Clemson couldn't withstand that. And they had nobody who could cover Chase. Uh, I mean, I felt bad for that defensive back, who I think is considered a first-round talent, McLovin. Is that right? Was considered a first-round talent. Dan, it's redundant. If he's an LSU defensive back, he's considered a first-round talent. Seems like it's automatic. No, no, he's Clemson. Oh, Clemson. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, if he was LSU, then he'd be a first-round talent. Early on in the game, there was some Clemson stats pouring out to where this defense has stopped everybody from doing it. Like, no, they no. had a record-setting defense that, man, that didn't last. And uh, the anti-Joe Burrow sentiment the first 10 minutes was humorous. That went away fast. That went away really fast there. Yeah, McLevin. Back to the Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence thing. What do you do with the fact that Joe Burrow had a bad season when he was 22 years old? You know, last year he was, he was 16 in touchdowns, five picks, like 56%. Like, do you just disregard that? The, what do you do with the one-yearness of this Burrow phenomenon? But I have to look at it differently than you're looking at it, that he got better. But he was 23, yeah. So why wouldn't you look at everybody else can get better? You know, we you could break it. I could ask Rick Neuheisel when he joins us, you know, coming up in 10 minutes from now. But I want to see you get better. Did Trevor Lawrence get better this year? Mm, probably not. Okay. Are but you he had be- a great year. It was like 38 touchdowns, six picks. Okay, but are you going to be critical of him that he wasn't as good or as valuable as freshman year? But he didn't have a, a stinker like Joe Burrow as a junior, though. It wasn't even the same stratosphere. Yeah, but Joe Burrow wasn't held in high regard. Like, Trevor Lawrence is supposed to be the first-round pick since he got on campus there, even prior to that. Joe oh, yeah. Burrow had to – he lost the job at Ohio State and then transferred to LSU. He was an afterthought. Nobody knew anything about him. How you say – I mean, that's been the knock on him all year. Like, what happened? Why – and you can ask, who has a – why is he so different with this coaching staff than he was last year? Well, he's got weapons, first of all. He's got a ton of confidence. He's not lacking in confidence there. And – I just think, you know, sometimes the game comes to you at a different time in your life. And it felt like the game came to him. Uh, players of all, in all sports will talk about when the game slows down and you see it differently. It felt like Joe Burrow, even under duress, he has a little bit of Russell Wilson in him, even though he's a couple inches taller than him. But but when he gets pressure, he squats down, and, and then he, he he's always running forward. He doesn't run to the side. And he's accurate. And he had composure last night. When it started, it felt like he was slipping away a little bit there. Uh, you know, he had the big touchdown pass. I don't know. He just he seemed to make, for every question you had, he had an answer. Although some people are saying, golly, this guy has it all. He's got the hair, the talent. He won. He's got the name. He's got the Heisman. Please save him from the Bengals. I don't know if Joe's going to go, you know, on second thought, I'm not. I don't want to go to the Bengals. There, he's an Ohio guy. I, unless an agent gets involved and says you don't want to go there. Yes, McLevin. I mean, it's a legitimate question. He did enough where he can sort of write his own ticket. You don't think he pulls considers pulling an Eli Manning here? No, no. I would be surprised if he did. Like, okay, so where's he going then? He's not going to go to Washington. Not going to go to the Giants. Miami. Vegas. Vegas. Joe Vegas. Joe Vegas. Joe Vegas. Yeah, I don't see that happening. He's an Ohio guy. He's done everything right. I don't think you want to be, you know, it took Eli a long time to get over the fact that, oh, you thought you were too good to go to the Chargers. He was. But it was the right move. It was the right move. The other one is John Elway. Yeah, right? John Elway. Yeah, that stayed with him for quite some time. This program brought to you by Legal Zoom. You need to get help. In the 2020 year, you can do it with LegalZoom and do it right now. You know, will or living trust, you're starting a business, uh, S-Corp, they got it all for you. LegalZoom.com, promo code Patrick, LegalZoom, where life meets legal. A couple other questions here. Um, 
We'll dive into the Astro stuff. That, that's that's a whole segment. That's going to take over when we do it. Because I was going to ask you if if baseball's punishment for the Astros was appropriate, too harsh, or not harsh enough. I do think baseball could have gone a lot tougher on the Astros. I thought the Astros were tougher on the Astros than baseball was. Because they fired, you know, the GM and the coach here, the manager. Um, I thought baseball... And Keith Oberman is leading the charge here. And, and Keith, one of the great baseball historians, uh, just tweeted out, he thinks that the Astros should vacate. I'll give it to you right now. Here's uh, Keith's tweet. Bluntly, this is insufficient in so much as Commissioner Ford Frick said in 1962, he would have forfeited the Bobby Thompson game if there were proof of cheating. In 2017, the AL Pennant and World Series Championship should be vacated. No winners named. Good luck with that. But I, I, you know, no players are involved in this. You know, the punishment, because the players have a union. Managers don't have a union. GMs don't have a union. And I think the fact that no players are being indicted here, including Carlos Beltran, who's now with the Mets. Can he be punished now that he's a manager and not a player? Yeah, Paul. What if baseball, baseball allows the Mets to cheat? You know, like to get them back to even. You know what? We're going to let you guys do this for a while. Maybe like a year and a half, two years, do that you know, cheating thing and see what happens. They'd still find a way to screw that up. But uh, we'll talk about the Astros. Uh, Richard Justice, the great baseball writer and uh, writes for the Houston Chronicle. He will uh, talk about the Astros. Jimmy Johnson, now a Hall of Famer, will join us a little bit later on. Reggie Miller. And uh, Rick Neuheisel, for some reason, Poli has a live camera feed from Bourbon Street. We've been fascinated by that. There's not much going on on Bourbon Street right now. Not now, Dan, but when I clicked on this at 6.17 a.m., there are still some people going. Oh, I would imagine. Now there's some people that look shaky and shady. Let's put it that way. Are there people that might be waking up in places where they didn't think they'd be sleeping? There's some people that look like uh, their clothes are in tatters. There's some like people, that. though, that are, like, fresh and clean and on their way to the airport. It's a great feed. How did you find this? Well, there's live cams just about anywhere you could find stuff. I was like, I wonder what's going on in Bourbon Street at 6 a.m. Because they don't really have a curfew down there. But do you just Google live cam on Bourbon Street? Exactly. Okay. <laughs> exactly. It was. Uh, it's pretty fun. I like that there was a truck that just... Pulled up and parked right in the intersection. My daughter asked me a question. My daughter's watched the game last night. My daughter, Molly, she's eight. And she asked me a question this morning. I said, you know, the game ran really late last night, but LSU win. The LSU fans are really happy, and the game is, in, uh, you know, in New Orleans. And she goes, do you think that the fans had cake to celebrate after the game, or do you think it was too late to have cake? Mm. And I said, I think they had a lot of cake yeah, they did. last night. They Tons did. of cake. They did. Cake. Uh, Richard Justice now works for MLB.com. And uh, used to work for the Houston Chronicle. Thank you, Todd. Uh, 18 after the hour, we'll come up with a poll question. Rick Neuheisel, I'll ask him that question. If the draft were today, Trevor Lawrence or Joe Burrow? We'll uh, talk to Rick Neuheisel about that coming up. 18 after the hour, this is the Dan Patrick Show. Okay, this is just a 30-second commercial, and I'm going to throw a lot of numbers at you, but please, please stay with me. In just 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. The company that has been offering you great rates and great service for 75 years, it's GEICO. I've been using them for a long time myself. And anytime you need help, you can speak to one of their trained specialists 24-7. No recordings. The company, GEICO. Go to GEICO.com today. Sorry for all the numbers, but I've been a fan and a customer of GEICO for a long time. And in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, I'm out. Napa know-how. 
Now at Napa, get a free Chase Elliott racing hat with any $25 purchase. Set of brakes? That'll cover it. New battery? Hat-worthy. Replacing an air filter? Then adding on wiper blades and headlamps just to break $25? Chase approved. So get what you need and a free Chase Elliott hat. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores, while supplies last. Offer ends 331.20. 5-Hour Energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. Snap back. Joe has it. Looks. Launches towards the end zone. Adjusting. Terrence Marshall goes up. Pulls it down. Touchdown, LSU. 24-yard touchdown pass. And another to Joe Burrow. Give Terrence Marshall his first reception for a touchdown tonight. That's courtesy of LSU Sports Network. Five passing touchdowns. Joe Burrow throws for 60 touchdowns in this season. He also rushed for 58 yards. Threw for 463. Trevor Lawrence. Failed to throw a touchdown pass, accounting for only one touchdown that came rushing. That's the Discover Card College Football Play of the Day. No limit on how much they'll match. Millions of people a year getting their cash back matched. Something amazing. Discover Cashback Match. What are you waiting for? You can learn more. Discover.com slash cashback match. Play of the day coming up in a little bit. Settle on a poll question unless you have one right now, McLovin. Then you, we'll, you know, I wanted to put up, uh, was the penalty for the Astros appropriate? Not harsh enough or too harsh. Other people have done this too. I'm just curious, do you have an idea of what people think? I'm not sure where people are football leaving. first hour. Okay. Astros second hour since we'll talk to Richard Justice, the uh, great baseball writer. Well, let's do Burrow versus uh, Trevor Lawrence. Who would you draft to start off then? Okay. Rick Neuheisel, CBS Sports College football analyst in attendance in the game uh, for the game last night. He joins us. Rick, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Let me start with uh, the question that we're uh, kind of pondering. If the draft were today and both Trevor Lawrence and obviously Joe Burrow were eligible, who would you take if you were running the Bengals? I'm taking Joe Burrow. I, I think the guy, minus maybe the 95-mile-an-hour fastball, the guy is completely in control completely uh, uh, dice. He has that ability to kind of go back to sophomore class in high school, just dissect the opponent. I mean, you remember what we did to those frogs. He's done it to defenses over and over again. This guy is special. What changed after the first quarter for Burrow last night? Well, I, you know, Brent Venables, give him a lot of credit. Uh, He was going to play very, very tight in those underneath zones. Uh, very aggressive uh, man. When they were in zone, even playing man in zone kind of concepts, catch uh, concepts down there, making it very difficult to throw the easy throws that had been so, uh, uh, you know, the usual for Joe Burrow. So they had to go down the field, and that 52-yard pass to Chase uh, broke things open. At the start of the second half, they had three cover zero uh, uh, plays and two of them resulted in sacks the other almost a near pick and then they went back down the field again so once burrow and and that uh, brain trust on their offensive staff realized how 
competitive they were going to be in those underneath zones, they started going down the field, and the rest, as they say, is history. Well, we talked to you a couple of weeks ago, and you compared Joe Burrow, I think, uh, a more athletic Tom Brady. Uh, what kind of reaction did you get after you said that? Oh, I had a bunch of folks saying to me that uh, that's nuts, that's crazy, but uh, it's amazing how things come around, Dan. <laughs> you still stand by that. Uh, I still absolutely stand by that. This guy, uh, I mean, he he has the perfect uh, complement of weapons. He's got all the different uh, uh, abilities that we look for in terms of pocket presence, the ability to move in the pocket, uh, extend plays. His accuracy is unquestioned, his anticipation skills. But he also has a dad that's a defensive coordinator that sits there and, you know, has taught him all the tells. It's as if he's always in a poker game that uh, knows everybody's cards and uh, his ability to manipulate the secondary, get what he wants, and then throw accurately is off the charts. Uh, how do you think Joe Burrow's season is going to be remembered in NCAA history? Oh, it's one of the all-time greats. Everybody's going to, you know, wonder who can have the Burrow effect. This guy was 16 touchdown passes and 10 interceptions a year ago. He just threw 60 touchdown passes. If we just took his improvement, he would have led the country to touchdown passes. I mean, uh, but what changed though, Rick? Because we looked at him and he seemed, you know, average last year. What changed is they a couple of things. Number one, Joe Brady brought in some uh, more formations, some New Orleans Saints formations, uh, a lot of constricted formations where you bring the receivers closer to the edge line. They went to five-man protection, so Clyde Edwards-Elair, instead of sitting there helping a tackle, was now out as an escape hatch, so they were able to save a lot of plays. Burrow was thorough in terms of knowing everything there was to know about the offense and making sure all those pieces around him knew everything there was to know about the offense. And maybe most importantly, they gave him the keys to the car. He was allowed to manipulate the protections when he saw things. He was allowed to change from run to pass or pass to run. He was given the keys to the car and allowed to make it go. And that, to me, is going to be the key at the next level. This guy is really, really intelligent. And if you give him some autonomy at the line of scrimmage, you're going to be happy with the results. He's Rick Neuheisel, CBS Sports College football analyst and, of course, uh, former college coach. The helmet-to-helmet hit, I, it, there should be gray area with this. It feels like it's black or white, and then, you know, you're going to send somebody out of a national title game. You know, what is intentional targeting? What is accidental targeting? And should there be a discrepancy between the two? You have hit the nail on the head. We have to go as soccer does with the red flag and the yellow flower, red card and yellow card. You have to do it because Skalski in this game shouldn't have been ejected by anybody's accounts. That's just hard playing football. We all understand by letter of the law what happened. Sean Wade in the Ohio State Clemson game shouldn't have been ejected. Those kids are playing hard. They're making good football plays. Certainly we can continue to teach fundamentals and keeping your head up. But there has to be a, a grade of targeting. Those, if you need to throw a flag and you need to, you know, march off 15 yards, so be it. So that we continue to teach the proper fundamentals about keeping your eyes up. But to walk those guys out of a stadium in that kind of setting, given the way they are playing and what they meant to their respective teams, is ridiculous. More likely to be back in the national title game next year between these two programs. Oh, Clemson. 
Miles Brennan, uh, the backup quarterback at LSU, and now the heir apparent has got some big <laughs> shoes to fill. And Trevor Lawrence uh, now tasting defeat for the first time. He was 24 uh, 25 and 0 going into the game last night is going to have a great offseason. He'll be motivated. Uh, they'll keep working with him. You know, that was just a footwork issue last night. He was a little uncomfortable in the pocket. The ball was sailing on him, but he's got all the skills to be the first pick a year from now. Why was Nick Saban there? Aside from the obvious that he got hired by ESPN, but would you want to be there if you're Nick Saban and you're not playing in the national title game? You didn't even get into the Final Four? It's an interesting question. I, I Listen, they, they ask him, and I think they've got plans for him after his coaching career. The question is, how much longer does Nick want to go? Uh, the draw of that kind of stage probably was, was is the reason why he was, why he was there. But uh, it's, it's, it's a great question. Uh, I, I don't know any of us know exactly how long Nick Saban wants to go, but nothing motivates him more than defeat. And that uh, couple of losses this year is going to rankle in his craw, as they say. And uh, I think we'll see Alabama back uh, amongst the elite very, very soon. Why was he wearing blue? <laughs> you didn't like the color? You thought it clashed? Maybe. No, maybe no, no. You, I like you it. Realize I, I like it. This lady was going to wear a very, very, uh, uh, you know, coordinated color with him so maybe he was working uh, that angle yeah maybe I, I obsessed over Saban being there but when I saw him in blue and I got I thought god I didn't know he had any other colors in there except for crimson <laughs> his uh, sport coat designer is uh, <laughs> let's just say not not afraid to take chances the uh, top 11 college <laughs> football players of all time was revealed at halftime got any problems with this list uh, I really didn't. Uh, obviously, we have seen a transition from the running back to the quarterback as uh, time marches on. Uh, as you saw, the running backs uh, counted off in those final four. Uh, and it was fun to be in attendance and hear the, uh, the ovations for the different uh, guys. Herschel Walker getting a, a monster ovation. And they're, they're an SEC country. Would you put Joe Burrow in that group right now based off of one season? Because I look you know, at – I'm. I'm going to let it settle. Because Barry Sanders is in there. Barry Sanders is in there for one season. Jim Brown had one great season, I believe, at Syracuse. Um, Herschel had a few. Bo Jackson had the Heisman Trophy season. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm just curious about that. that If you look, I got running back Jim Brown, Herschel Walker running back, Bo Jackson running back, Archie Griffin running back, Jim Thorpe running back, Red Grange running back, Earl Campbell running back. That's the the top seven players in college football history. (laughs) Then I go with Dick Butkus, a defensive player. Then another running back. Then another running back, Barry Sanders, Gail Sayers. I got one. Tim Tebow, I think, should have been in there. And I thought he was going to be one, believe it or not. No argument from me, uh, but as I sit there and I think historically, it's it's an, it's really kind of fascinating how the rules have changed the game such to the fact that now the quarterback is the key component because obviously as we go back in time, it was the running back that led all things. So it's uh, just an interesting perspective of history of our game, and uh, I, I'm with you that quarterbacks should have been included as we look back in 150 years of college football. Safe travels. Always great to talk to you, Rick. Thank you. All right, my friend. I'm going to try to slip out of the big obesity here, okay? <laughs> Good luck. Uh, Rick Neuheisel, CBS Sports College football analyst. I always learn something when I talk to him. He's a, a bright offensive mind and certainly at the quarterbacking position having played that position 
when he was in college. Yeah, I was just wondering about that. What is this list going to look like 25 years from now if they do another list like this? Johnny Manziel's season. I mean, he had two. He had one spectacular season. He had another really good season. Tebow in there. Uh, Joe Burrow would be on this list, uh, right? It feels like he would be. If Barry Sanders is there, and, and look, Barry was spectacular for one year. Um, and I don't know what this is based on. Herschel was the real deal, and he might have been. O.J. Simpson would probably be in here for me, having watched him, and probably one of the first players I saw where I went, boy, that, that guy is different than everybody else. I would probably have him in there. Archie won back-to-back Heismans. Um, you know, see, we get into these lists, and then all of a sudden you start being critical of somebody, and then, you know, it defeats the purpose of celebrating somebody. Yeah, Paul. Well, like Jim Brown was number one. When I saw Herschel number two, I'm like, oh, they're going Tebow. They went, this list, by the way, was rapid. So you had about a, a beat to realize. I'm like, oh, Herschel one, two, it's going to be Tebow one. Jim Brown never ran for 1,000 yards in a college football season. Now there's eight games back then, but he was a very good player, obviously. Um, O.J. Simpson they didn't put on there because they didn't want to invite him because he's eligible to attend. I, I, I'm dead serious. <laughs> well, but there's no reason O.J. Simpson is not on this list. He had a better college career than Barry Sanders' career. And he would have shown up, too, knowing O.J. Yes, of course he would <laughs> Hey, I want to thank you. Glad <laughs> <laughs> hey. to be honored here in the Big Easy. <laughs> What's his opening line to Twitter? Hey, Twitter world. Hello, Twitter world. It's me, your old friend OJ. Imagine people running like away. Did like, you watch the game last night? Like two magnets, people running yeah. from OJ. Yeah. Introduce him. Boy, that ATN can run. Yes, McLovin. Would I put Vince Young ahead of Tebow too? By the way, I think he's. I mean, he's a good argument. You could make an argument. I. I what do you think, think of New saying? There's two different eras though, where there's quarterback era and the running back era. It almost feels like a different sport that Earl Campbell was playing than what Tim Tebow was playing. Well, the 70s, 60s, 70s, and 80s, it's running backs. I mean, you had guys who ran for two – Oklahoma State has a running back who ran for 2,000 yards, right? Nobody knows him. Chubby. Chuba. Chubby. <laughs> I don't think it's – Chubby Chubby, though. I think it's Chubby Hubby. Chuba Hubbard, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I mean, he ran like, for 2,000 yards. Nobody knows well, it. Well, you guys brought up Ron Day, and I'm like, every other Wisconsin running back right after. I hate to go system, but Jonathan Taylor and Melvin Gordon, those guys did the same thing Ron Day did. I mean, there's just certain. Did Jonathan Taylor, he's got like 11,000 yards, doesn't he? Something. But like, uh, you know. Like crazy stuff. Tony Dorsett has 6,000. Ricky Williams has 6,300. They, they should be on the list. Jim Brown's in for his pro career. This does feel like a pro list, by the way, doesn't it? If Barry Sanders didn't have a pro career, or not a great pro career, a good pro career, his his one college season was unbelievable. But it, see, it's hard when you do this because then all of a sudden you're critical of somebody or saying somebody else should be in there. And I don't know. Yeah, McLean. Wasn't Billy Sims and Marcus Dupree much bigger stars than Barry? I mean, Billy Sims was certainly a bigger star. Marcus was because of the recruitment, but he was only there a year and a half Then he went to the USFL. Billy Sims was a big deal. I mean, if you were an Oklahoma running back in the 70s and 80s, you were a big deal. And Barry was at Oklahoma State, and then he came in after Thurman Thomas. Um, yeah, it's, 
it's a list that you go, okay. I mean, Roger Staubach won the Heisman and was unbelievable uh, and, and was probably that run-pass option before there was a run-pass option that we thought of. But is he the greatest college quarterback of all time? Because that's what you're saying. He's the only quarterback that's in there. Yeah, Paul. I still think Herschel is number one, and I really don't think it's close because Herschel was household name at 18, won the national title at 18 because of him. And, and, and he left one year early, but even with just three years, he could have won three Heismans easy, deservedly. Well, they weren't giving it to underclassmen no back doubt. then, which I railed against because it was like, if he's the best player, I go back to Marshall Falk his freshman year, uh, where you go, that guy's Adrian Peterson. Like, if they're the best player, then they should win the Heisman. You don't have to wait till you're a junior. Uh, and Herschel could have won it all three years, as great as he was. And Herschel was larger than life. He was very famous before social media, before ESPN. His first year was 1980, and ESPN really didn't get hot till 82. All right, we'll take a break. Play of the day coming up. We'll get to phone calls. We'll settle on our poll question. Well, we did settle on our poll question. Yeah, we put up on DP.com, DP Show app, uh, who would you take if you were an NFL team, Trevor Lawrence or Joe Burrow? And it goes back to, I'm looking at something. Now, do I believe that it's real, and does it translate to the NFL? Because that's what you're looking at with Joe Burrow. Trevor Lawrence, I think people are probably convinced that he will be a great pro. You're not quite sure with Joe Burrow, even though Burrow put up maybe the greatest single-season efficiency-wise that a quarterback's ever turned in. Yeah, McLevin. I think recency bias is a good yes. one. I mean, like, Trevor Lawrence was like when Nuka Luce was hitting the mascot last night. He could not <laughs> hit it. He, I mean, why was he overthrowing by so far? I don't know how often he faced pressure like that. I mean, he's in the ACC. And how many times are you down by 14 points or something where you got to make something happen? You're telling me Wake Forest doesn't get after you like that? Not, not too often, I don't think. Come on, I, that Wake defensive. Uh, I could give Wake 15 players, and uh, they might not get after you like that. But also, LSU, you're playing at LSU. You know? Oh, uh, let me see. Fritzy just sent me uh, Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin's official number. Uh, 6,174. Thank you. I, it feels like 11,000, though. And then he's declared for the draft, so he'll be uh, – He'll be three and done there at Wisconsin. But doesn't every Wisconsin running back get it? It's mandatory. You've you got to have like 4,000 yards. 4,000 for your career. They all actually turn out to be okay pros. Though. James White's pretty good. Melvin Gordon's pretty good. Yeah. Ron Dane didn't have a great pro career. He was a big disappointment, wasn't he? Is Dane the all-time leading rusher? You know, I was looking this up recently. There's some controversy about which games count for Dane. Do you count all the postseason games? I think he is. Uh, ah, stats inc. But there's different measurements about it. Whether you know how they play like 16 games now? Oh, so I know. Well, 15. Excuse the number. Yeah, that's true. All right, we'll take a break here. Play of the day coming up next. 66 percent of men start losing hair by 35. I started on my 32nd birthday. I think I did like a self check and noticed it. Not a good idea, but it's going to happen to all of us. Once you start noticing thinning hair, it may be too late. It's 2020. Medicine and science can help you do something about it. It's not 1885 anymore. Grab the new year by the follicles. Hims helps guys be the best version of themselves with FDA-approved products. The best part, no awkward in-person doctor visits. Answer a few quick questions online, and a licensed physician will review and determine if it's a prescription that's right for you. We highly recommend you check them out before it's too late. Don't wait five years and say, oh, I'm going to get on it now. Dive into 2020 hair first. Our listeners can get started with the first month free. Go to hims.com slash Patrick. Seriously, check it out. You don't want to wait five years, seven years, and then 
you're way past your prime, if you know what I mean. Prescription requires an online consultation with a physician who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. Offer valid only if prescribed. Three-month minimum subscription. Additional restrictions apply. See the website for full details and important safety information. Hey, listeners, just wanted to take a minute to thank all our great sponsors and all of you great listeners for supporting this podcast. We certainly couldn't do it without either of you. And I wanted to remind you that you can support our sponsors by going to our show page at podcastone.com, clicking on the Support This Podcast button, and there you will see all our wonderful sponsors that help make this show possible. Thank you for downloading, subscribing, and, of course, supporting. And now, back to the show. Napa Know-How. Now at Napa, get a free Chase Elliott racing hat with any $25 purchase. Set of brakes? That'll cover it. New battery? Hat-worthy. Replacing an air filter? Then adding on wiper blades and headlamps just to break 25 bucks? Chase approved. So get what you need and a free Chase Elliott hat. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa Know-How. Napa Know-How. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Offer ends 331 Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. Oh, my God. The play, the play of the day. Check this out. And at the other end, it's Danny Green getting the assist from LeBron. That's the third one, so he moves ahead. That's right. Congratulations to LeBron. He moves ahead of Isaiah Thomas on the all-time NCAA assist list. There's the NCAA. Lakers Television Network as LeBron passes Isaiah Thomas, eighth on the all-time NBA assist list. He's got over 9,000. He's uh, 400 assists from passing his buddy Chris Paul for seventh, but Chris is still playing. Lakers roll past the Cavs. They have won nine in a row. That's our play of the day. Play of the day is brought to you by LegalZoom. Need to make it legal? Make it LegalZoom.com. Make 2020 a year you will remember for the right reasons LegalZoom.com, promo code Patrick, LegalZoom, where life meets legal. Yeah, I'm wondering, LeBron's going to end up with 10,000 assists for his career. I don't know how long he's going to play. I still believe he's going to try to play until Bronny, his son, gets into the NBA. And by then, you'll be able to go in right after high school if he's uh, that talented. But what's LeBron going to end up with? He's going to be top five in scoring. Will he be top five in assists? I don't know where he'd be with rebounds and steals. Yeah, McLovin. So I got Magic as fifth in assists at 10,141. LeBron's at 9,067. So he's about 1,000 behind. Mm, okay. That seems doable for sure. Yes. LeBron's going to get over 500 just this year and and counting because this is going to be one of his better years, best year of his career for assists. He's having 10.7. Yeah. And plus, as he gets older, you know, he, he's going to probably continue this role, as long as Anthony Davis is there. But I do think it's uh, worth watching what the Lakers do because it feels like everybody is for sale in that lineup except for LeBron and Anthony Davis because they're looking at who are we going to add here to make us – I mean, they're already a great team, very good team. 
But it feels like Rob Polinka, their GM, is open for business, including Kyle Kuzma. Yeah, Polinka. If LeBron plays even just two more seasons at this general pace, at worst he's third behind Stockton and Kidd. He'll, he'll pass Steve Nash for, for third place. What about steel? No, nah, people don't. I mean, John Stockton, I think, is your all-time steals leader. I don't know if anybody cares about that number. But assist and points. LeBron, top five scorer of all time, McLevin? Yeah, he's fourth, I think, right now. Okay. Uh, he's 58th in rebounding. But where, again, where, who can he pass on the all-time scoring list there? Can he get uh, – so it's, it's Kareem, Malone, Nowitzki. Those are the three. Uh, no, I I have it as uh, Kareem, Malone, Kobe, LeBron, okay. then Jordan, then Nowitzki. Can he get Le- uh, Kobe? Oh yeah, I mean he will this uh, within a month. Oh okay. And with actually, as, if I'm looking at the right numbers, he's about 110 points away. Ooh. So he'd be three on the all-time list. Yeah. Then Carmelo's at 36,000. Certainly get that. So it looks like he's yeah. And then Kareem's only at 38. Seems very doable. Yeah. Uh, rebounds, he's a little farther behind, but he's he's clustered in. He's going to have an impressive rebound number, too, like top 30 at least. Update the poll results if you can. Okay. If you could take – if you're an NFL team, you could take Trevor Lawrence or Joe Burrow. 64% say Joe Burrow. Okay. There's a little bit of recency bias. If Trevor Lawrence and Clemson had won last night, then what would those numbers – they'd be probably flipped. Right. I mean, Burrow's guaranteed one. You guys keep saying, and I'm starting to buy it, Trevor Lawrence is not a guaranteed number one anymore. Well, we have a bet. Yep. We got a, I don't know what we have, a shower of shame, wheel of punishment. We have a bet. Uh, but uh, maybe maybe the loser has to wear a, a Trevor Lawrence-like wig during the entire show. Oh, I like that. Yeah. And you can flip it back. <laughs> I mean, I bet Ohio State quarterback Justin, Justin Fields making a run. But there might be somebody who appears out of no, I mean, this is just, who thought Joe Burrow existed? Who thought Baker Mayfield or Kyler Murray were going? Who thought Kyler Murray would be number one overall? I know. I know. Uh, we're looking at this. Ron Dane is the all-time rushing leader if you include bowl games. But we included the bowl games for Joe Burrow to have the most touchdown passes in a single season with 60. He passes Colt Brennan, who played at Hawaii. Remember when Hawaii used to – Timmy Chang, I think? They used to have these quarterbacks, just like Texas Tech did, where they figured – June Jones figured it out, just like Mike Leach figured it out. Yes, Paul. In Barry Sanders in 1988, his one season of college football, he averaged 230 yards rushing a game. That means if you held him to 210, you had a decent day on defense. Some people are asking, (laughs) why don't we have a reporter on from Los Angeles today, not somebody from Houston? Uh, Well, the reason why the reporter from Houston is on is Richard Justice. That's just where he lives. He writes for MLB.com. The uh, listener says, the Dodgers and their fans are the injured parties here with the Astros. Well, there's no guarantee that you – well, the, the Yankees are the injured party as well here. And if you want to strip them of the World Series, I, I would have no problem with that. I would have no problem. But that doesn't mean they're going to give it to you. It's vacated. Did Vince Young get the Heisman? Reggie, Reggie Bush had to give it up. They didn't give it to Vince Young. Yeah, yeah, McLevin. I'm looking through it. I can't find a professional title in North American sports has ever been vacated. They've done it for tons of college things, but has that ever happened? I don't think it has. The 1919 Blackhawks did win. Well, but how many teams are are you had a, a the Black Sox who threw the World Series? They didn't get a title. 
This is a team that cheated to get one, to whatever degree. Well, the Patriots are being wow. Okay, there we go. Richard Justice will join us. We'll talk about the Astros' punishment. Did baseball go far enough? And Jimmy Johnson, the Hall of Fame coach, will join us as well. Coming up. Hey, what's happening, man? It's Tip T.I. Harris. Come check me out, man. Join me on my new podcast called Expeditionally. Exclusively available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Now, every week I'm going to be talking to people who move the culture forward, who are shaping and changing the world in their own way. You're going to hear some sh- that will change your life and move the needle in your world. Expeditionally is exclusively available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Now, what I need you to do is download and subscribe to Expeditionally with a new episode dropping every Thursday. Do it Expeditionally! Napa know how. Now at Napa, get a free Chase Elliott racing hat with any $25 purchase. Set of brakes? That'll cover it. New battery? Hat worthy. Replacing an air filter? Then adding on wiper blades and headlamps just to break $25? Chase approved. So get what you need and a free Chase Elliott hat. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know how. Napa know how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Offer ends 331.20. Five Hour Energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details.